Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Spar and Brawl. I hope you're having a decent day. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Sam. I'm back with another episode of The Progressive World. So just before we get started, please like and also subscribe. If you've been watching us for a while and you haven't subscribed, consider doing so. And also, we've launched a few social media accounts, so you can find the information and all the links down below in the description box. But I would like to highlight two of them where we're going to be more active as of now and I think is perhaps more valuable to you which is the first one on Substack there we're putting our podcast in audio form so if you want to listen to it on Substack I've seen it's good even if you're just on Safari or something on your iPhone you can lock it and you can still listen to the audio which is good and also Twitter channel so also go and subscribe there we're planning on just posting little short clips of our of our show there so if you'd like to share I remember the one or two people who asked if we had Twitter so now we do and also let us know if Sam says some funny stuff or anything crazy and you think we should turn into a little Twitter clip let me know the minutes down in the comment section and, <laughs> and I'll definitely cut those I out resent into the idea. pieces <laughs> I resent the idea that I'm the only one who's saying crazy things it feels <clears throat> I don't know I think you say more interesting un- stuff sure oh wow crazy you said now it's interesting <clears throat> how how diplomatic <clears throat> yeah and then i guess the other thing that's going to change which is we'll try that today which is in our intro instead of me going through like every story blah 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 we're just going to mention the ones that we're most excited to talk about and of course timestamps down below as always we're not going to change that the one good thing that we do on this <laughs> channel and we'll also chit chat and then there'll be that little intro music and we'll get right into our first story so sam for me actually this one blends perfectly because both the chit chat and what i've been up to and what i'm most excited to talk about is all the same which is oh. first and foremost Whoopi goldberg i can't oh, yeah. get enough of this story i was just going through youtube yesterday looking for more and more stuff and then the joe rogan stuff you know i'd like like many others to come to his defense a bit point out the ridiculousness of the other side of the arguments so those are really two things that i'm super excited to talk about um yeah, today the really one was uh, i mean every week i think okay we just this is we are we've we are through the looking glass and you know it's all pretty like this is maximum crazy you know and then and then somebody says something like that on national television and you're like oh for and uh, i don't know if like I literally i mean this is not a news thing but rudy giuliani is apparently gonna appear on the mask singer i don't know if you know that uh, reality show no Apparently, it's a reality show. I, I heard about it because I follow screen junkies and stuff. And they like dress up like an animal or a character or whatever. What the and then, yeah, it's like a full costume, like one of those costumes that you see, like fast food place people yeah. in the front. And then they, uh, and then, uh, yeah, he's apparently one of those. And then you, they sing, and people have to guess, the judges have to guess that who they are or something. Jesus. And like I, I mean, Rudy Giuliani is not cancelled. He tried to have sex with an underage person on camera. Like I don't know how's yeah how's this possible. But yeah, it's been a crazy week. But the whoopee one was yeah that was just fun. yeah that that's the best one. 
And I've also found the clip from my favorite gap of her, which is from like two years ago. So I'll also be sharing that. But yeah, what else, Sam? I know you're super excited about one story for sure. Oh, man. my Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like this show has increasingly become my way of sort of channeling my anger mm-hmm. at people and hatred. So, uh, yeah, Yon Harry, who we read an article a couple of weeks ago from Guardian, I think three weeks ago on Guardian, uh, he had an excerpt of excerpt or excerpt of her of his book published in the Guardian and all that. He's made some media appearances on some of our favorite channels, mm-hmm. and uh, there I found a couple of articles that I couldn't find. Uh, I haven't been able to access his latest book yet because I'm not gonna pay for it. Uh, and um, yeah, but I found a couple of interesting articles that I really want to share. So, I mean, one of the prof- one of the articles that you shared with me, the professor really goes down to the straight, goes to like the main point, which is like the premise of his the book, science, which the science is, of the book. <laughs> yeah, which is what I wondered if there was actually, and I knew that it's not even possible really to cal- to like scientifically, you know, back the main claim that he's making. So I'm glad that one of the articles that you shared, the guy tackles that directly. So so we'll we'll get to that, and then yeah. <laughs> the hill had some interesting stories which we'll definitely talk about about you know animal and human testing glenn greenwald yeah. had another one of these videos with like a critique who's this young yeah, boy a, who shows up and then that yeah, was interesting i think those are the a main mysterious stories. man who who's covered his identity so well <laughs> that i think no one knows who he is we are, all we know is that he's called nicholas and his face and the room he lives in and you know everything <laughs> but, <coughs> so, that's so fun. those are kind of our stories anything else you did fun or worth mentioning from this week uh so let me see i think yeah we're going to talk about uh oh we're going to talk about the uh my one of my favorite movies growing up fight club so oh, that's gonna be fun. Okay. nice no but i meant i meant besides the stories that we have anything Oh, um, I have some disappointing news for you. What? So I finally sat down with my wife and sister and I finally convinced them to watch Succession because some of their friends are watching, my sister-in-law and stuff, they're watching it, they love it. And And you watched it too? I watched it too, very carefully. And I must say, only we only watched like an episode and a bit, so definitely not enough, but... I didn't fall in love with it the first episode. I was a bit bored. And yeah, kind of, I'm not sure if I'll be able to convince them to watch again with me. I don't know. I don't know. Wow, bored. A bit, like, not too bored, but you know. I mean, I, I mean, you're tasteless, so whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> no, yeah. no, but uh, uh, I mean, it's just so weird that you said because I feel like Adam McKay's because I think Adam McKay directs even the first episode. And yeah, Adam that's McKay's what it says on style yeah. of yeah, he's a style of editing. He's one of the few directors that I mean the big short is his one of his best movies, I think. He makes the most boring subjects exciting through mm. this uh, weird editing and I think sort of montages and all that. So I find that a bit odd, but I think, yeah, maybe give it that. I, I think three episodes for any TV show is my yeah. rule. So three, watch three episodes and then decide. No, I 100% agree. I mean, you know, I can imagine someone watching the first episode of Sopranos or something and being like, you know, 
this is not Supra- the most yeah. intriguing, funnest um, show. Man, so Sopranos' gotta... first season was a quite a torturous. Like it's hard to get through. Yeah. For, for somebody who came to it after it was finished, oh, yeah. it was hard to you know because it had aged quite some time. But this week I found that Bree is also a super big Sopranos fan because in one really? of those Colin, yeah, Colin episodes, she was telling her viewers what she was up to today, and she was like, yeah, and then watch two or three episodes of The Sopranos because it sounded like she was rewatching them and stuff. Good those taste. Colin ones are good, and I sent you a little video clip which we'll talk to. Where yeah, yeah. I think the it. guy yeah. makes a very similar point to what that you usually make, which is like, you know, where is like the tough, crazy guy on the left who just, you know, where's where are like the nut job politicians slash, you know, will do anything, um, you know, for the cause on the left, kind of. And people. So yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. We'll get I, into I, that. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded yeah. me of you. <laughs> but okay. Oh, uh... And I've been watching uh, talking TV shows. I've been watching Righteous Gemstone season two, and it's so good. It's just so good. I told mm-hmm. that's another one. I think you like that more because it's. I think from, I think it's more humorous in a way that I think you appreciate. So, I see. I mean that one is just straight out comedy, but in such a good, such a good comedy satire, I guess. Satire. See, and so I haven't, I haven't seen or anything about that show, but it just reminded me of one last thing. And I have to go double check this, but I told you how whenever I'm like just eating or something, I usually like to have some kind of sitcom on. And I yeah. often go for How I Met Your Mother. So the other day was on Netflix. Oh, yeah. And in Europe, at least in Switzerland, I feel like they removed How I Met Your Mother. Or, I mean, I tried searching it, but I haven't looked up on Google if it's the case or not. And I was just thinking this is pure speculation. They might have not even removed it. I might be mistaken. Or in the US, it's still there. Or simply their contract came to an end and they didn't renew it. But I'm thinking in this kind of like relative cancel culture environment and stuff, where they like, you know, how much your mother, maybe if we push it to the side and not have it on the back. No, <laughs> because I, I, if we talk about is... like objectifying like women, women or things like yeah, that, talking it's... about that show was at the pinnacle of it. <laughs> It was so weird because I it's. Not, it, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, and yeah. I remember even when we were watching it. I mean, it was weird that they made Barney after a while a good guy. They should have just kept Barney mm-hmm. as a bad guy. Then you don't feel like because he's a protagonist, like or what you know what I yeah. mean. You, he's you don't have to like him then. But after a while, they have to make Barney likable too. So it just becomes really problematic. I mean. I don't like I'm not pro censorship, but I yeah. I think uh, but it's just such and it's not a it's one of my least favorite shows and it I feel shame because I watched it. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'm just speculating here based on I got absolutely it. I got nothing, but this, I was just you know I don't know who owns but I, I don't know who own who produced. I think it may have been CBS, maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. But if they are everybody is doing their own uh mm-hmm. streaming network now so it's probably more to do with contracting yeah because i imagine how i met your weather is still a big draw yeah it would make sense and actually on hulu now they have how i met your father (laughs) starring none other than hillary duff (laughs) she's the main character (laughs) my wife was watching like two uh, clips i mean singer uh, actress you know uh what was her what was her famous show it was um Lizzie McGuire, that was that's what it was called, like her Disney one. 
and then she made a oh, movie. They go to Rome. Movie. Yeah. Anyway. All right. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I must. Even when I was a kid, I was a Cartoon Network kid. I was never Disney. I see. I see. Okay. All right. So shall we get this party started? Sure. Sure. Let's go. It's gonna be fun. I. I hope. I don't. Know. All right, Sam. So I say let's start with Joe Rogan. You know, it's it has as continued. Always, so what's the latest that happened this week? So since like you know everybody's probably up to date, but you know Neil Young actually um he got Spotify to remove his stuff. Well, they're very quick to delete his stuff, as we talked about this last week, I think already. And since yeah, then, yeah, Joe yeah. Rogan actually hasn't had any other controversial guests. Um, I think about it. So all the saga is still around those two people that really. No, no, wait, wait, wait. He responded to the criticism. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was and just gonna I say, know. yeah, I was just gonna the... say there weren't any new guests that showed up that kind of like even further, like you know, accelerated this discussion. But yeah, no, uh, I w- but the other people followed Neil Young, um, including Joni Mitchell. So the you know. So the geriatric sort of exodus from Spotify <laughs> continued. Like, I don't know who, like, I feel bad for these people because like these are really respectable old, like, I don't know, by the way, I don't yeah. know anything about Neil Young's music or Joni Mitchell's music. But yeah, it's so bad that they are like, oh, we're going to leave if you remove, don't remove uh, Joe Rogan. And uh, Spotify is like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's a bit, that but yeah Rokin I think responded in a quite a gracious manner wouldn't you say it was really nice like I don't he's one of the nicest people like if I was that's the funny part right I mean okay I think we're just getting right into it I didn't know how to start but I think Brianna was one of Brianna's probably one of the best I think I was listening to like framing the whole thing and pointing out one thing is just that whenever the I mean, based on when you watch Joe Rogan, you know, if you watched him for quite a bit, the people who are like criticizing him the most is just so far from like the person that he kind of is, it seems, at least when you get to know him on these videos. I got to say, the 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 tone that is taken by, I think, the predominant kind of liberal media about Joe Rogan doesn't quite sit right with me because it does seem to be out of step with what is actually said and done on the show, even if there are aspects of it that one can critique. That you can just tell that these criticisms come from people who hate him a lot. I mean, some people are so like, you know, undermining and disgusted by him, like Sam Cedar, who goes on MSNBC to complain about misinformation. And then, oh my God. And then on the his show, of hypocrisy who was there. the girl? He, so he had like, no more key. Yeah. Or I don't know how to pronounce Joe Rogan. That. Like, you know, just uh, like disgusted by him. You can tell. And also the other girl, she's absolutely disgusted. Yeah. Joe uh, Rogan. But I mean, just like Brianna's pointing out, it just doesn't the criticism and everything, no matter how fair you try to be with it, it doesn't even add up to like Joe Rogan's personality. You know, I think Bree says this a bunch of times. He's quite a normie guy, actually. It's not even that, you know, and we've said this, his guests are often quite mainstream guests, maybe that's some it. of them here and there. So that's even, I guess, the extra ironic part. But when is the mainstream media's like, you know, criticism or critiques even 
has been ever good. Uh, accurate. <laughs> At all. And yeah, so Joe Rogan's apology video, I mean, it was probably the best <laughs> apology I have of, ever seen. And then for, he for, off- for something that like you could that- argue he didn't have to yeah, apologize. Exactly. I don't understand. Like, it was ridiculous. I, I just and he even yeah, sorry, just last thing. He just even points out something very practical that he can do, which would address the whole thing, which is like, yeah, he's like. A, I was surprised that he said that he does all the guest booking himself. Jeez, that must be a lot of work. Maybe you get someone else. But he's like, yeah, maybe sometimes when I talk about COVID or topics like that, and, you know, my guest is perhaps a bit controversial, I should do a better job at immediately having someone, quote unquote, less uncontroversial or someone or from, from the side, opposing whatever. side or whatever. So he even provided the best solution the best out there. potential yeah, yeah I and i mean we're going to talk about Whoopi goldberg later but i was just thinking like you know contrasting oh both of God. them yeah. how they've reacted each of them to like you know a scandal that has hit them is just tells you a lot about joe rogan which again points out that you know that these people the image that they have of joe rogan whether you like him or not it really seems to be totally um you know the furthest thing from reality and so many people say he is literally the nicest <laughs> celebrity they have ever interacted with. I think, you know, Jimmy Dore was saying this. Others were saying this. And I believe it. Yes. I mean, look, a couple of things you mentioned. First of all, Sam Cedar, man. What a goddamn hypocrite. Like, what a Judas, really. What a Judas. Somebody who defended you when you were being canceled for your jokes. Like, uh, Joe Rogan, literally, I, I'm pretty sure he defended him when he was being canceled. I think MSNBC was canceling him for jokes. And you go on TV to Brian. I think he was on Brian Stelter's show. Was it not? No, no. Is that it his, on- no, it's MSNBC. He says. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Hayes is true. Uh, yeah. Sorry. He's on CNN. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to. And then Chris Hayes, sort of, you're somebody who's a bit controversial. I come to you too. I mean, oh my God. Are you, you guys suck up to each other so much? And, <laughs> and, and you're so uh, pathetically. I mean, the only, the real, I mean, the, it sounds, I, mean, I think Sherlock Holmes books, this is from Sherlock Holmes books that, the simplest explanation, no matter how idiotic sometimes or how uh, unlikely, is probably the most likely one. So I think Sam Cedar, Nomoki Kunz, these type of people are, tr- this is a gift for them. Sort mm-hmm. of they're trying to get as much attention as they can. Kind of, to be honest, sometimes maybe we cover Joe Rogan because we want to get more clicks or something, or we use Joe Rogan to go to a, towards the issue like freedom of speech yeah. or something. So I'm not saying that's always a bad thing, but they do it in such a hateful and envious manner that is, I'm sorry, but you, you must be, a, you must not have really any moral standards to be able to lie so obviously. And I mean, if you f- finger point others while you're lying, you're lit, I mean, Talking of misinformation, if there is such a thing, I think it's lying about someone else's, <laughs> like literally lying about someone else, yeah. what they said, like, which was, yeah, it was so pathetic, man. And uh, yeah, he's, I think his mm-hmm. apology was even like really not needed. I mean, he did apologize to causing trouble for Spotify employees or stuff. So that was very nice, I suppose. That was very nice. And I love like oh, he's like yeah, I really love Neil Young and all this. Yeah, <laughs> hearing this all that he's <laughs> no, that was yeah, Neil it was Young. like apology slash you know addressing 
the topic yeah, you yeah, know yeah, and yeah. not just That's like fair enough ignoring it and letting go but yeah the sam cedar one was probably the worst segment on it and you know i was thinking if if misinformation although as glenn greenwald points out misinformation is kind of like a terror is kind of like the terrorism term it's you know in a way hard to define and it's just being thrown around here and there just to you know shut people up so i'm not even saying that they engaged on this but did you get the part where sam cedar and his crew they kind of get into like these back and forth where they don't agree with each other on the number of viewers that joe rogan has and oh, so yeah, how many yeah. has and whether it went up with spotify and didn't go up so you know they don't agree with each other meaning that one of them right is either You're saying spreading misinformation or both of <laughs> them least. are you could both be wrong <laughs> so in the same video i mean i'm kind of joking and maybe it's a bit ridiculous to point this out but it is the case but that part love i love it when they're on twitter and like looking for graphs and charts it's like no no hold on someone sent, just sent me this on twitter yeah joe rogan has a hundred thousand yeah followers. Of, it went up <laughs> i mean the level of scientific rigor they bring yeah. in to a research like live research or somebody tweeted yeah. and then i'm checking his facebook page now and it's just yeah i mean this guy so, i mean i've I sometimes quite I back in the days I kind of like the aesthetic of Sam Cedar and all that but it's just he's such a b- bad faith for, like he, his criticisms are never coming from yeah. a good place it seems and yeah it's it's so pathetic it's goddamn pathetic yeah their main criticism is this which they Ryan Grimm also makes this criticism or his main point but you know he makes it in a much less annoying way which is this whole thing that because he has x amount of views right they they keep on saying this 11 million people per episode so let's just take that number therefore he has a certain responsibility right which is one thing that really bothers me and i don't get yeah so i can come back to this i think this is just because you brought up the responsibility power thingy is a good place to talk about start talking about the bad faith debate where mm-hmm. they had three people on we had three people on to talk about joe rogan and online censorship i feel it wasn't just about joe rogan so before just i want i want to re- respond to like yeah the hill also did this do you think that's a genuine that's a real thing and that's no, a fair enough criticism no i definitely don't think so whatsoever because i don't i mean okay so you become popular so then why what is this responsibility at what point does it kick in okay i'm saying that if you think that joe rogan has 11 million followers and now he has such a big responsibility because sorry he gets 11 million views so that to me means even if he got a tenth of that he would still, you know, if it's so bad what he's saying, so then he would also have a responsibility, you know, to, I don't know what, I don't know what the responsibility would be. Some of them are saying, you know, that he shouldn't even touch the biggest, you know, topics because of this. So that pretty much means that, you know, he shouldn't talk about anything important because he might say something that, you know, isn't right or is right. So this responsibility thing, because of the size of the audience, I think it's like complete bullshit. I don't, I don't I don't I get completely that. agree I completely it's complete BS and it's a I think people are they don't read I mean uh, talking of the bad faith debate because I kind of want to frame it in the like with a specific references to criticisms and arguments 
First of all, I completely yeah, agree that there is no responsibility depending on how large your audience is or how popular you are. I've never personally, and I think it's, again, it's kind of with movies that these days you can't have a protagonist. It has to mm. be a hero. Like you can't have your protagonist do bad things. Same with now, you can't have popular people do, like I never looked up, look up to popular people for, uh, you know, my life uh, choices mm-hmm. or uh, like in, med- in my health, daily health i look up to doctors in laws like if i have a, a law a legal problem i look up to lawyers i mean this like thing that a talk show host has a responsibility what is his legal like responsibility it, it reminded me like first 45 minutes of the debates that uh, brie had i f- i felt tortured man because first of all, they, the debate was supposed to be about Joe Rogan. And the first 45 minutes, I feel like the, mainly the two of the uh, speakers uh, did not really talk about Joe Rogan or this situation at all. They were just talking about generally about how social media works, you know. So that was frustrating. So it had nothing to do with the case system, yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, and to be I, fair I, I, to I, them, though, they weren't necessarily like pro-censorship. No, or like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're right. You and know, Brie herself a few times tried to say, you know, she was like, yeah, but let's really get into Joe Rogan. You know, is he really spreading misinformation? Let's not just talk about social media. So I think um, the observation that you got, Brie also got the same one. Uh, the sentiment. Yeah, yeah. I th- I feel like after 40 minutes, she managed to. It was an emotional <laughs> roller coaster of interview for me. But after 45 minutes, she really brought it back in a grounded way. And again, yeah, I think some of the the things they were talking. About, I am generally very suspicious of any public or a state uh, structure that tries to control or modify or improve a speech i i it's just i feel like it's too tricky of a thing so uh, yeah but they didn't they weren't talking about the case study uh they what they did betray a little bit of i feel child i mean they literally quote a spider-man one of them literally quotes True, they were on the responsibility great great power comes great responsibility (laughs) something that they i mean i'm sorry but what are you 15 like what the like the most challenging book you have read was a spider-man comic book but i don't like what do you mean morally okay maybe you're right but morality has nothing to do with real life or you know we are talking of serious things and we should talk about them seriously instead of like in my morality. Of course, in everybody's morality, if you have, like you should try to be honest as much as you can. But we are talking about genuine social structures right now, real or imagined, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, like legal or just like cultural structures. So I felt that that was very disappointing. But the end of the interview was one of the best interviews, I feel. Oh, yeah, why? Done. What uh, one of the uh, one of the people was the one that doesn't talk in the first 40 minutes the guy who's bearded okay. i thought he was he made the great point that ah. you think joe rogan is making misinformation or spreading misinformation or he's not people you, you it's just you're you got the you got the problem upside down you should like you should you should look at it in a reverse way there are all these cultural fault lines now and due to a number of reasons, I would argue, frankly, uh, limited, uh, like really bad educational systems and lack of economic uh, uh, 
opportunities, lack of economic infrastructure. So because of that, people are gonna find like these cultural fault lines and gonna uh, basically uh, define their identity and define their political positioning based on those. And the real problem is probably the fact that institutions have become so, they, uh, our trust in institutions have become so eroded that, you know, uh, that people that go on Joe Rogan, I don't think they do, but they can cause such like uh, uproar within the media and all that. While the real problem is the fact that the, the society, not some, somebody like Joe Rogan. Let's say, which I don't agree with, Joe Rogan is a spreading complete lies. The, the fact that he's getting such a level of acceptance in the broader society, rather than people who are not spreading whatever, you know, mm -hmm. like just, yeah. uh, so that's the problem. That's the pro problem. It's not the problem that he's talking to someone. The problem is the level of response he's getting. Mm -hmm. If you think he's, I don't think that. I don't think, I think he does a great job. I mean, that's the whole other thing that Bree talks about. And I think he's a bit redundant to talk about for us, which is like, who are you to the, like criticize him? Like CNN, I'm sorry, what? MSNBC, Sam Cedar. Nomoki Kunz, who was who was going around, oh my God, when I was in Libya, everybody was thanking me about the NATO campaign. I mean, I'm sorry, but you're in no position. Yeah. Forget about even, forget about the judgment on Joe Rogan's content. You are not the ones who should be making it. You have no credibility left. I mean, CNN and MSNBC, Jesus Christ. No, I mean, if, if you want to just point out all, like, I mean, the person who's best at, you know, he always has a laundry list of like, not even the Man. media being misleading, <laughs> but when, because misleading, that's just, you know, and that's actually the biggest problem I find when it comes Intention. to like bad news, which is when, you know, it, it's misleading, the news is misleading because of the way that they've put it together. Oh, but yeah, not even true, yeah. that, actual times where they shared like fully false stories. So yeah, Glenn is the best at having, you know, a full laundry list of these and pointing him out. And of course, weapons of mass destruction and all this and blah, blah, blah. Russia, so yeah, yeah them well, yeah. saying that, I mean, that's just beyond hypocritical. And I would argue, you know, responsibility. Okay, news organizations have a responsibility, especially the big ones, regardless of their audience size, because of the mission that they claim to have, right, which is to bring news and this kind of information. Joe Rogan doesn't make any of these claims. If Joe Rogan made a claim like, you know, come to me for like the latest scientific breakdown of this and that and then he's kind of all over the place then i'll be like okay through this you know mission statement that he has through his about thing you can make an argument about responsibility which you know the media does so there i can see you know if someone wants to tell the media that they're being irresponsible i would say that's the thing if you say there should be a legal, there should be a legislation passed by the government and enforced by the government, then companies that are news companies must adhere to their own mission mm. statements or their own principles or their own thing. Okay, fair enough. But to be honest, when it, there doesn't seem to be any political will for that, and actually that's another point that I really didn't like about the beginning of the interview. 
that for example they they don't talk about nationalization of any mm-hmm. uh, they, they are talking about mostly like social media they don't talk about nationalization they talk about anti-monopoly systems and all that which in my view anti-monopoly systems would lead to the worst of the wo- both worlds you'll have basically these small companies that are called the sacs and they provide bad service as well so instead of amazon we'll have a shitty local version of amazon mm. that is not even providing the service that amazon provides so i think uh, they don't talk about nationalization but i think responsibility in a society and that's the whole point of a state structure we don't that's why we that's the difference between living in a anarchist fully anarchist or lawless society uh, some anarchists would say there is communal systems but yeah the whole responsibility and the whole impetus in my view rests on a state and legislature so i don't even like what cnn right now can legally lie basically because nobody's enforcing it so i don't even blame them because like if you trust them i think i mean i i blame you really mm-hmm. like you, i mean you must at this point you must be a child or really uneducated and naive to yeah. like think MSN anything that comes out of MSNBC Fox CNN or New York Times for that matter I mean New York Times and stuff as we discussed like printlet mm-hmm. they have they have so much that they tend to have some good yeah. stuff so no i mean you know sometimes I, i would like you know i would disagree with this with what you're saying you know the responsibility is fully on the viewer or something but yeah here would agree let's say if you watch MSNBC for you became an adult and you've been watching it for a year or two and you didn't pick up that you know there constant there's often lies that don't match up with what you see a month or two later it is perhaps you know to a certain extent um your fault uh, and i don't want to like matt stoller i don't know if you watched the matt stoller interview yeah. as well right yeah. like he uh, they talk about federal reserve and economy sadly it was the part the shorter version of her interview so i didn't watch the full one it was a great discussion and matt stoller i feel like he's such a like i love his analysis a lot of times he comes across as so sober minded mm-hmm. and analytical and he was like differentiating between himself as a consumer and himself as a citizen mm-hmm. and then he was saying that for example when i'm buying this stuff i don't really think about like a lot of social uh, social implications of my purchase or whatever but of course as a citizen i do mm-hmm. and then brie was well that is uh, extremely maybe dark way of viewing the world so you don't think there is any chance change possible through actions of consumer citizens whatever and he was like well no i mean you in 60s and 70s there was a connection between the political arm legislative arm of movements and the you know and people's activities on the ground like you know protest boycott whatever nowadays there, i feel like there isn't like the political class has become so separated separated from the uh from everything really from everything that uh you know but but i like this like he gave the perfect view yeah. in my view, a, 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 between the balance of personal responsibility and societal like uh responsibility because you know like you can beat yourself up all time but you know You can't just live like a hermit. Most yeah. people can't, you know. No, that was so an I, interesting distinction you made. Yeah, I think that's actually good. Like it's the, if, you know, our theme of the episode is is our even adults <laughs> learning and all that. Is, is 
even adults turning or was they ever <laughs> so uh, so i would say that yeah exactly like we have to each person has to find it for themselves but we have to come out we have to have a definition of what responsibility means as thomas chatterton on bad faith said we have to talk precisely mm-hmm. what responsibility means and where does it lie in a societal thing does it lie with politics does it lie with uh, private companies does it lie with individuals mm-hmm. you know and i think we are dismissing how much of it lies with the individuals especially mm-hmm. middle class individuals yeah no definitely but i mean i guess to bring it a little bit back to Joe Rogan thing though, but there's also an exaggeration with the part of the responsibility, not the fact that um, believing that everything that Joe Rogan says, right. People are just going to follow it and do it. Right. There's a complete misunderstanding here. And I think it's just like the fake, they're like, it's just like the fake news um, arguments about fake news. And it goes against the entire like literature around media and communication, which is that, yeah, the media can, you know, the media, it's not that it has no effect, right? You know, the media can make a, make a discussion important, you know, by just raising it, then you have the whole country talking about it. Or, you know, they can introduce one side, but not introduce another side. But the fact that, you know, everything that Joe Rogan is saying, people are just like taking it in and believing is just simply not, it's just not that, true. That, it's, that, there's no yeah, way yeah. it is, you know? Do they think that everybody who watches Joe Rogan is unvaxxed? I mean, Joe Rogan has so many opinions and things that he's really into that parts of his audience don't like. So, you know, even before thinking of how much responsibility he has, you also have to dial that back in the effect of what he says, which is not that everything he says, people are just like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. All right. So now I'm just going to eat meat. You know, like Joe Rogan says, not I'm not going to get sorry, yeah, only elk. Elk and no vaccine <laughs> no, no, and go sleep ex- in like a sleeping chamber right, that he brings up yeah, like every uh, other episode. Well, yeah, well, uh, I That's what I exactly what I mean by having the problem upside down, mm-hmm. because yeah, media in general, from majority of the stuff I've read, media is a reflection of society. Not, uh, you know, I, I, of course, there is a cyclical relationship between everything. But largely, in my view, media is a reflection of society and largely a very middle class reflection, Mm. because in majority of societies, it's the middle class, not even the aristocratic, like not even the elite view. It's very much middle class, upper middle class, sort of a urban sort of a. Uh, like, you know, Charles Dickens, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. literature, media has always been dominated by a segment and all that. And it's a reflection as far as I'm concerned. So that's what exactly what I mean of having it upside down as in, yeah, it's not people are not like listening to Joe Rogan and following him blindly. It's mostly people who agree, like finding him because they agree with those views or, you know, or it's the the relationship is mostly in my view, reverse. He covers issues that are popular, so people are attracted to him. Yeah, so that means that the people, like you know, if someone who watches his show and doesn't go take, the, doesn't go and get the vaccine, if Joe Rogan didn't exist, that person would have most likely done the same thing and just went and listened to that opinion somewhere else or like ten other places. Yeah, and this actually brings up to one very good point that the guest again on Brianna's show made which is that let's just say, let's just take it that your your objective is to quote unquote, you know, cut down on misinformation, whatever that is, and not allow Joe Rogan to have such an influence. 
in fact if you move him off spotify if you know if you if you get your wish to get him kicked out it will not have the effect of silencing him whatsoever he can literally go on a, any In other platform anywhere yeah. on internet and just say the same stuff and you know he might even have a bigger group of diehards now because you know they're like oh you did this to Joe Rogan so it's not even a productive thing in fact right now on Spotify it's great because for his critiques because they have a little bit of leverage to you know maybe get a guest on isn't that more productive you know you talk about Joe Rogan has this big audience rather than getting him to go to different platform wouldn't it be better if you know you put on whoever your favorite is and I think he's going to do it now based on his apology video I'm guessing he's going to have one or two COVID um, episodes coming out where he's he's going to have you know (laughs) some oh more God. mainstream <laughs> which is normal if you go look at the people on his show they yeah, often yeah. show up on bbc and <laughs> all these kind of places he doesn't find them like you know in a cave somewhere and like bring them uh, yeah i must say they discussed the they discussed the case of parlor mm-hmm. and i would say there is that argument that oh trying to strike an effect trying to suppress something leads to more attention on it and all that and i would say that's true when you can't go full on censorship, mm. when you can go on full on censorship, it actually works very well. If it you works can go surprisingly full on. well. But in the uh, Joe case, uh, you most likely can't, right? Can't because yeah. he's got enough money. But, but, and it's the US, like, you know. Yeah, with Parler, they did go on full and mm. they destroyed that. Yeah. And they, uh, there are other cases. But that's a platform, and, yeah. Not a yeah, person yeah. necessarily. And Joe Rogan is very popular as they like to point out so i mean they make the point that exactly if they want to silence us if we lose you know (laughs) the two subscribers that we have on youtube we're done it's not like we can go somewhere else to follow us but do you want (laughs) do you want 50 views per week (laughs) can i tempt you if your algorithm (laughs) helps us out of course yeah yeah, of course if you recommend it and hopefully target people who are sleeping or working they can't reach their phone to change the video yeah that's the target of Uh, but I, I would say, and the worst part, the worst part of censorship is for future people. I'm sure mm-hmm. a lot of people are seeing what Rogan did and are saying it's not worth it to mm-hmm. even bother in this. So that type of thing, I do think. But again, I just don't think media matters that much. Like, yeah, exa- as you say, like they're like this is the this is the biggest I think liberal disease. The idea that media matters, ideas to matter, the extent in matter. the way, yeah, that they're saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah, to the extent like it's it's like that's why I generally sort of associated myself with the Marx because it's a much more materialistic way of thinking about things mm. rather than this idiotic like liberal fetishism of conversation mm. and the effect of ideas mm. as if oh my god Jorogen said that and these hordes of people are as if by the way he hasn't said anything that controversial anyway yeah. it's the, the whole thing is just such a they are. Yeah, it's just so misrepresented, so misleading, so misunderstood everything. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And my, my kind of last point, I think, comes back to my first point about the kind of person Joe Rogan is, which is at least Joe Rogan is being honest. And in fact, these people who want to tell him to like behave certain way, they actually want him to lie because he is walking the talk. Like when he says that, you know, he, th- yeah, that they, he they doesn't want, want the, he, the vaccine, you know, he doesn't think this or X, Y, he, he hasn't taken it. So he's just 
he's just presenting his own point of view. So these people actually want him to go on his show it's and better lie. To lie. Yeah, they want yeah. him to be dishonest. Whereas but he's being honest. I mean, and like I've said before, you're allowed to be wrong. And I'm sure he's been wrong about a million things and he'll continue um, to be wrong about a million okay. things. It's, no, it's just, it annoys me that he hasn't said anything half mm-hmm. as controversial as some someone who came on TV and said, I am science. Mm-hmm. You recall Dr. <laughs> Fauci? He said, I am science. Like, no, I mean, nobody's worried about that, you know, mm-hmm. or he, when Joe Rogan had McMaster on and he yeah. espoused complete lies about Middle East, like, and everything else, uh, military, everything. Yeah. Complete three hours of a lie. And then nobody was worried about that, you know. So the hypocrisy and all that is just it's so much. I, you don't even know where, to, how do I even engage with this criticism? Because it's almost like you're talking about something that only exists in their imagination. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of Brianna's point. Yeah, exactly. Really. Yeah, just, yeah. She was like, I this doesn't add, even add up. On the Brianna show, I was surprised that they keep, I feel like this is a clear distinction. I don't know if you feel that, but they kept saying, yeah, because uh, Spotify pays Joe Rogan mm-hmm. and all that. It's more editorial. It's more blah, blah, blah. He's more like an employee, like let's say for a New York Times or something. I don't think so. I think there is an employee relationship and there is a contractor relationship. And in my view, when you're like, Joe Rogan is more like a contractor for a Spotify. So I don't think uh, it's yeah. just Spotify has more responsibility because they uh, have like a contract for hundred million now or whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that at all either. And I mean, he, he's not speaking on behalf of Spotify, right? Like, I mean, in news outlets, usually like the reporting done by the journalists, the newspaper stands behind that. When they don't, like in the opinion pieces, they quickly say, you know, these it's opinions opinion don't represent news, um, New York Times or whatever. Um, yeah, so I mean, Joe Rogan, he's not representing Spotify. He's just simply on that platform. Now they found this new difference, right? Yeah, they point out to the fact that no, but the difference between yeah, Joe I Rogan and X, Y, and Z yeah. is that Joe Rogan's actually getting paid by Spotify and to be there. All right. No, it's just, yeah. I thought no, maybe I agree I'm with missing you there. something. Yeah. I, but I don't see any different, like, it's just, it's almost like a, he could be arguing he's the highest paid podcaster on a spot i mean they yeah i'm i'm sure if somebody else comes up with a fan base that big they pay them them, you know for exclusive rights so and i mean others we also get paid on youtube i mean you know through the advertising i I understand it's different but you get paid on youtube i mean that's a technique it's a marketplace it's not hiring you so there is a legal difference there but, but I mean, yeah, even and now, they, they enter it, into a partnership with you, though. I mean, that's, that's what true. they call it. They call it YouTube that's partner the, program. That's my point, though. It's a contracting situation. Yeah. They are you're may having a contract with them, or they're contracting something to you. So it's not an employee-employer relationship, first of all. And second of all, as you said, even if it was, it doesn't mean necessarily you are standby. Like, does every company stand by their every like I'm sure there are companies all around the world that hire misogynists and anti-gay uh, people and racist people. Like, but that's not the like, like he's a mechanic. Yeah. Like, you know, what does that have to do with anything? I, I just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, I think that parallel doesn't re- really work. I mean, the first one, like Naomi 
and Kunz, she tries to make it the hardest. She's actually like the most on this because she yeah, she's keeps crazy, on connecting them to New York Times and others. She's like New York Times fact checks. And anyway, we oh can see God, how well that idea. goes. Yeah. And yeah. And <laughs> anyway, on video is different. It's also uses... the limitations. You can't even technically like if Spotify was going to if YouTube were going to fact check, you know, everything that is being quote unquote said or Spotify. I mean, no episode would ever be released. Unless you want to it do it, you know, a month to, specifically, uh, yeah. yeah, and for, then yeah, for you have to put X or Y or Z. And any, first of all, anybody who's done any graduate studies or undergraduate studies knows that science is not a settled thing. Mm. There is no yeah, specific answer for a lot of stuff that Joe Rogan and he's he does a lot more fact checking than yeah. anyone I've seen. I would say one of the attractions I had to watch some of his shows about like mystical stuff was about the fact that I knew that he he's going to do some internet fact checking. And then Naoki Kunz, I think she uses the example of Bill Crystal, one of the biggest lawyers of Iraq war. A man had, I, I don't think he's had it, like he's had this like, true word in his whole life. He's like, yeah, with all the criticism that I, we have from them, Oh my God, I forgot about that now that you mentioned it. I, it's just, yeah. oh my God, just go quit journalism and go become a lobbyist already, you useless <laughs> yeah. person. And I mean, oh even the God. media, as much as you can be critical of the media's um, report, and I mean, I'm thinking of this, and I think this mm-hmm. is my current position, no matter how critical you can be of the media's reporting during like the Iraq war, I would still find it a stretch if you blame like, you know, the people who, who, you know, the civilians who died during the Iraq war on the, on the media, maybe they didn't help it, but I mean, they you know, there's a direct, leaders. yeah, but there was That's, a direct group of yeah. people, AKA it's, the military uh, who went in that country and they killed. So even towards the media, I wouldn't have makers. such a harsh stance that they're having on, on Joe Rogan. I even, yeah, exactly. And again, going they didn't do a good states. job. That's for sure. But I mean, you know, putting the that's blame obje- is yeah, just exactly so blaming the deaths of anybody it, who doesn't take the vaccine or something on Joe Rogan or their behavior and stuff. I mean, it's completely unfair. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's I'm um, just to use an analogy. And I know I've said analogies are usually bad and all that. But I think this is a perfect one. Cheerleaders, how much effect cheerleader cheerleading team has on a team's performance? That is exactly the same. The coach. Uh, is the let's say president or whatever those are the real i don't even have like i don't think soldiers have much responsibility they have some responsibility in a volunteer army but majority of responsibility are with political Mm. decision makers and those who elect them mostly citizens who vote or and citizens who don't vote some of them so i think yeah that's where the responsibility Mm. lies not with the cheerleader team but I'm a, yeah, but it is disgusting to see some people cheerleading for yeah, views for that sure. I disagree with. But again, that's a very subjective thing. Yeah, so. yeah and I mean, Joe, the person who if people like, you know, have to be relatively um, responsible for their own behavior when it comes to the COVID thing. So, you know, Joe Rogan is sharing his opinions. It's still nevertheless exactly. the person who goes. And, you know, I'm not the person on, you know, being like, uh-huh, you see it 100% just on the person and stuff. I understand where, you know, you can, blame other things you know you can blame maybe education the person's family where they grew up all of these things that made them think in that way but you know joe rogan didn't go and like inject covid into people or like kill them or anything like like that it's like because we can't do about anything about economic and educational system infrastructure really 
which is 90%, I think is that. 90% mm. of reasons why uh, uh, pe- like people make bad choices and uh, people have tough lives is lack of uh, infrastructure, lack of economic support. And because you can't do anything about that, liberals prefer to talk about the things that have like 1% influence yeah. on our lives, like media or books or ideas and all. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. No, spot on. I think... Um, I think I'm just looking at my notes. I think we've pretty much Covered talked all, about anything there is really about the, the, however, which from whichever angle you 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 look at it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I love your idea that we should, yeah, we should go. We, I'm going to email Spotify tonight <laughs> with our uh, 50 plus subscriber <laughs> base. I, I feel like we can pull off a good deal there. Yeah. I don't think, do you think they even respond or? They might. <laughs> they, they might. This is a good you. opportunity. For you. <laughs> okay, Sam. Actually, before we move on to Whoopi Goldberg, I forgot about this clip that I wanted to share about this um, caller who called in to briefs to Brianna's debrief call-in um, show. So let's just uh, listen to this clip quickly. I've become increasingly kind of like bitter and jaded about a lot of the online left. I mean, you know, I'm not saying you because you've worked on a political campaign you have skin in the game there are people who have skin in the game but it seems so much of like the modern left is like its own self-sustaining ecosphere and it's totally separate from real world politics and you know for all the shit we can give aoc and the squad and all this other stuff at the very least they kind of put their money where their mouth is and i like especially Teslin's episode made me made me realize this like who is our equivalent of the federalist society you know where's the kind of like borderline sociopathic leftist <laughs> politician no you know like i'm talking like some like where the fuck is like the left-wing voter caging gerrymandering supreme court rigging and and i'm i'm increasingly beginning to realize you know, maybe with the gutting of any kind of like real authoritarian lefts, I don't, I don't mean to sound like a fucking like red brown fash over here, but <laughs> I think as I, I promise, my question's almost done. Um, I just think as and I, you know, maybe the that Anna or Hannah, or whatever the the one that's always talking psychology, maybe she can elaborate <laughs> on this. But I wonder if like people like Jonathan Haidt talk about progressive minded people being very high on like empathy yeah, in terms of traits. But I don't like from my marginal kind of association with DSA types, I don't find progressives and leftists to be particularly like aggressive or highly competitive people. And I think there's something about the right, the way they circle the rat, the wagon, they have that like built in kind of, tribalism and the way they're like extremely cutthroat and how they do their politics sometimes i wonder if it's not just the profit-based model that we're like fighting there's something constitutional like in our nature that makes us less suited to that sort of stuff okay so i think the first part i mean there are two things that caught my attention here i think the first part he talks about people on youtube being completely detached um from you know political life like youtubers like us i guess or bigger ones which you know I feel for some it is yeah, true. I mean, ones, for, yeah. for us, it's definitely true. <laughs> We're quite detached, I think, from politics and politics on the ground. So I think that was a fair criticism or fair point to make. Go ahead. No, that's the part I disagree with. 
But maybe you want to talk about the second point before I jump into. No, my... no, no. It's good. You can disagree. I mean, uh, do I disagree? I mean, I think it's it's true, though. I think for, what, for who some. Is, I, mean, I never understand what is the political underground. Who is yeah? So he, to he it? yeah. So he means. I think he means like you know. Um, they don't go and protest, for instance, you know, or they don't go and try to get this person elected or that I person. He, I would assume that's he, what he means. What do you think he means? I mean, in the beginning, he talks about that there is separate ecosystem mm-hmm. and like almost like a cul-de-sac or self-sustaining, like a closed system. And I do agree with that, but I think that's how society works. I mean, mm-hmm. this idea that there was ever this great relationship between like, oh, you know, the leftists and the society and they were in tune. I mean, of course, there are ebbs and flows within the history, but I just think it's a huge exaggeration to say now is like anything because he said, I am increasingly become mm-hmm. bitter. So that means that he he's increasing, like yeah, he thinks but maybe this he, is getting worse. Picked up on it recently, or maybe you know, a second That's observation a, right, that he recently right. started. Um, but I think make. all politics is very. I mean, majority of people don't care about. Majority of people have very much more important and interesting. Things yeah, but I think he would say that you know, politics. you're on YouTube and talking about politics and news. It'd be good if you know you followed that well, with some kind your, of action it's, it's, or something. Oh, well, what kind of action? Like, I'm like sorry, I said, but... like protesting and stuff. I mean, I'm just no, guessing. I, yeah, that's okay. You know my views on that. Yeah, yeah, but no. I would say I, I talking about this stuff. And I mean, that's where I think you should talk about his second points. And I have something to add there, to be honest. Yeah. So, I mean, you can go ahead. People heard the clip. So I think his second point right. is really what See, the, the second point is really what I wanted to share um, with yeah, you, because yeah. it kind of reminded me of some of the stuff you kind of say, you know, that on the left, there aren't any like, you know, sellouts who are doing, you know, the bidding of the left. So not sell out and go join I the think, corporatist or the right wingers or something. Yeah, I completely agree that he's like, I am frustrated. I share his frustration that, you know, there is no uh, federalist of the left. There are not politicians that are willing to do anything, you know, <laughs> pack the courts. Yeah, that was like, so funny yeah. the way he said it. He's like, where's the leftist, like, gerrymandering? The ring, yes. Supreme Court, court packing. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. That's I think that's yeah. the way to go. But where is it? I mean, why the right always has that is because the right has money. I mean, you have to take that into account. People tend to not take to that account at all. Like, why right is so more organized? Why right is so much more unified? Because they have money. Because after, for example, New Deal, some of the richest people in the USA started uh, handing out checks to some of the most reactionary thought leaders to create an infrastructure for these idiots to rise, like Bill Crystal. Uh, and that other thing. So that's one thing. Secondly, because left doesn't offer since 60s and 70s, they don't even offer, you don't have money, at least offer power. No, no, we don't want to have, mm. nobody should be in leadership position. Every leadership should consist of six different people from six different backgrounds, from six different orientation, from seven different colors and nine different uh, uh, social backgrounds. Of course, no, but no, nobody who's interested in packing courts and you know gerrymander is not they all gonna go to the right because you don't offer money or power so why should anybody come to you yeah i mean i agree with those two right and although sometimes the left in some situations has money right so people will point out to like bernie you know managed to raise a lot of money but overall left and right throwing the money around that that's true and another one which i've made this point several times and it's just a hunch that i have 
that perhaps like, you know, just the left, I mean, there are a bunch of reasons why the left can't unify, right? There's not only one reason, but one, course, I wonder if In really each country the left, different. yeah, but one that I really wonder, like be not Democrats, but beyond that, really the left, which is like, you know, I've made this point, I think even last time we're on the left. It's just so, it's just so common to criticize and critique and like, you know, get into arguments over like, one part of something that you know you won't be able to unify <laughs> over That's anything sick. with anyone because there are always points of disagreement and then it just turns into you know all about I that told, point of disagreement I, I think i mentioned this one uh, our last episode or the one before there is this thing that people talk about the like the left has this disease of like fetishization of a small differences mm-hmm. you know and yeah i think there is a truth to that to, you know, like they get bogged down by like differences and they can't yeah and critiquing is such a big part of being less, left yeah but like, i mean marx for me marx is so many things he has written so many different things different ideas but like marxism one of the main things the way that i understand it and maybe this is wrong is that it's a critique of like the capitalist society right like that's like the, the biggest biggest thing that it does it's a critique and then, you know, right I now we're no, dealing no. with the Frankfurt School a lot. And, you know, their main thing was critical, you know, c- critical theory. That, that's, no, no, there, so, that, there is a difference. It's just so think, at the heart of it, I feel, I of think, on the left of being critical and pointing out criticism true. that maybe gets in the way of forming, you know, um, coalitions or whatever, unifying over things. I, I, I still think the 90% of the issue is the money, mm-hmm. but money and infrastructure, like years of spending money on universities and think tanks. But I, you were talking about, you know, Marx the, and the Frankfurt uh, yeah, School. Marx. I think there should be a different difference between a critique and a critical look. Mm-hmm. Critical look is, in my view, when you are assessing something in a reasonable manner instead of just accepting anything like for example accepting the christian narrative for what it is no of course christian narrative probably has some good some accurate stuff but there are probably some inaccurate stuff so that's how i would i wouldn't say like that's the thing i don't like marx when he's too critical i like his description because i think his description is a critical description Mm -hmm. which is the most accurate but it's not but even that critique. critical description, I think even that still supports my point, because when you look at things critically, you can't That's just gloss true, yeah. over them. Whereas, you know, you can't. Yeah. On yeah. the right, it seems like, you know, they can like, OK, yeah, this thing we don't really agree, but let's forget about okay. it anyway. Um, you know, whereas. It's, I mean, on the YouTube world is the worst. I mean, you can just see how insanely like. Um, you know, fragmented it kind of is, and like everybody seems to be at each other's throats, or no, a lot of people. That that's the part that I going back to my mm. argument about. Like it's always been like that. I mean, mm. look at uh, I'm I, I'm reading about uh, ancient Rome right now. I'm reading a book about ancient Rome, uh, and you know, you had all these sects, you have all these cults that you know they had no connection to each other. They were very cold the sake and all that. So I don't know if YouTube is anything worse than others. Or... No, I'm not saying worse. I'm just it's... saying it's just one example. I was just pointing out oh, an example of, of somewhere where you can um, see this. I think it's, yeah, social media has allowed us to really see uh, human interaction at a level, uh, at a level never seen before. And it's giving us all these insights. And I think the most important of these insights is that humanity has never changed. 
<laughs> no matter how much education information but just coming back to my point i think i got this idea from you actually from you talking oh. about the taliban and saying that you know the easiest thing for taliban Shit, was to I... fight the americans <laughs> while they were fighting the americans they had this unified objective right and then when the americans are gone now there's a chance that you'll see more fragmentation among taliban groups and leaders and all this so i'm wondering if on the left someone like bernie is you know someone who can make people forget about their differences because everybody was so excited about bernie and you know so maybe like a leader or someone on the top could make people forget about some of these differences or still argue about them but still have a common goal that they move towards but now in the u.s it's really looking like you know a lost yeah for any kind of real progressive advancements at the federal level at least uh yeah just going back to like the taliban thing i would this is not something i came up with or anything but if anybody's interested i i think i mentioned him before charles tilly i think was the person who wrote fantastically about the state and uh eric hobsbawm famously about a state formation and the role that war mm-hmm. played in a state and a formation and in national uh, formation. And they uh, specifically, I think Eric Hobsbawm talks about like European example of how war leads to formation of states and mm-hmm. how states lead to war. So there is a cyclical relationship. And I think, yeah, that was the case with Taliban. And I think, yeah, you're right. A leader right now on the left, like Jeremy Corbyn, like Bernie Sanders, that would people like we saw when they come there is energy there yeah but the problem is that it's extremely hard to get somebody that principled uh, to find somebody that principled yeah. even i mean even bernie is far and effective more principled and, and, and relatively effective, effective right or bernie as, sanders yeah, compared to other major leftists he is quite effective definitely not effective enough but he is far more effective, effective than others. I don't even, I just even raising a profile. High ranking, I just high ranking, yeah, high, yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah, high exactly. Ranking, for sure. More but, like high profile, I meant perhaps than effective. yeah, 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 exactly. But but you have to be effective to be that to to be to have risen to the level of a senator. Mm. So yeah, it does seem very disappointing. I mean, we're going to talk about somebody who's throwing her hat back into the ring. <laughs> Uh, and yes, sadly, oh, Nina, I agree with yeah. you. Currently, <laughs> everything looks pretty yeah. uh, tragic. But okay, so maybe it's a good time to have some fun. I mean, Whoopi Goldberg replaced Elizabeth Holmes for me. This, <laughs> you know, the Elizabeth Holmes story <laughs> is just getting a bit old <laughs> and stuff. There's nothing new. But Whoopi oh Goldberg managed to come on. And, you know, I, don't, I love yeah, this. The, I love The clip her. is amazing. There's, is, the clip is amazing. Her actual apology the next it's day even on more the amazing. View. No, the one on the view was okay because she does two things. I didn't see the one. Yeah, on the there's view. one she she on the view. Yeah, the next day before she gets suspended, where it's not like the John Stewart one. I mean, not uh, the yeah, Colbert Stephen one. Colbert. The Stephen Colbert one. I mean, we'll talk about it, but I mean, she. It was the. It was so it was childish. The, the ending was ridiculously. It was childish yeah but i think on the view if i'm not mistaken people correct me when i've heard this the next day she does um finally yeah she and like i mean as if she understood the issue i thought she got suspended yeah this was before she got suspended so if i'm not mistaken that but the colbert one make no sense her tweet made no sense and it's just funny how it's like as if she's not getting though like 
what no, the conversation not. is, which is Look, the funny part. Like that's one of is, the funny parts. <laughs> anybody who has spent, as as you know, the average like average uh, age of my people who I hang out with is. I think the mean comes around something around 78 or something. So like I have a lot of contacts with old people. Yeah. So I think she's not changing her mind. And it's frankly, who, why do you like? Because she's old. Yeah, because she's old and she's been thinking that way for many years. But I must say the level of arrogance, both in the original video, man, there are four other people saying, no, it's about race. <laughs> it's about race. And it's, she doesn't even say World War II yeah. wasn't about race. or yeah. blah. She says... Holocaust, a specific program created to get rid of a specific people isn't about race. I mean, I know race is a social construct, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, Nazis did, like, they did adhere to a certain understanding of, oh, my God, that was just like, the, and the four people are, no, no, no. It was about race and stuff. And she's like, no, 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 shh, shh, don't talk. Shh, and they were clear no, and man, concise in the you're... way. That yeah, they responded like, no, to her. They were, it wasn't like it. a word you, salad. It was very like quickly. No, uh, the Nazis saw the Jews as yeah, a different yeah. race. Very yeah, man, quickly. Yeah. They were all like very well putting it. And she's, it's so annoying that she's like, no, no, man, you're mudding the water. It's about, why don't you call it what it is, humans? What? What are you talking about? You're calling it what it is. It's racism. Oh my God. That and was so good. Everything that was so is funny. human how human treat yeah. people so i mean slavery was also how <laughs> one group of human treated other call it no time you're call it what it is it had nothing to do with no. race you know it had to do with people treating other people hard. i mean but her stubbornness then, was so yeah and I, then she came on colbert and she was like oh don't write to me i know how you feel yeah like God, have you know? Like, I mean, it's just betrays. By the way, her level. I mean, I don't understand. That's why we. I think her response was one of the main reasons we decided to call this episode mm. "Is Adults Learning Where Was They Ever?" <laughs> because, like, I mean, look at these people. They like she doesn't know anything about history, does she? Like, yeah, I don't I, even. That's the thing. It's more the stubbornness and not knowing and just. It, the confidence you know and then exactly the way she was telling she kept on you know right now we'll play another clip soon actually towards the end of this i don't want to get mixed where she actually was a bit more humble it seems a year or two ago but here she was just like absolutely refusing no 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 just like this like what yeah, you were saying and then on the cold bird it was so, and then she ends yeah, the cold bird one like a stubborn so little awkward. kid she's like I, I guess I just won't talk about it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't like what I say. Well, you can't handle it, bitches. What? Again, and then I would say I was surprised. Katie Halper and uh, Brianna did a great stream, by the way, which you missed out because unlike me, you have a life and mm -hmm. you have to like do things besides spending your whole life behind a computer. Uh, but they had a great thing. And I was surprised at how understanding everybody is towards her. Yeah, because yeah. I like, I don't, I don't mean, I don't think she's a racist. I don't mm. think she meant any ill intent. But if you're that uneducated and if you're that out of the loop with history, yeah. maybe you shouldn't be on primetime TV. I know you're an actor. You're a very good actor. I love The Ghost. Uh, was it go The Ghost or Ghost mm -hmm. as a movie? I love 
sister acts and all that. But maybe you shouldn't like do commentary on social issues yeah. if you're that, you know, uneducated about Holocaust. Jesus Christ! <laughs> There is like, have you not seen any movies? Like, for, uh, oh my God! But it's, you're it's right. People so were ridiculous. so nice and understanding. They Everybody so saw nice. where the issue came from. There's only one person yeah. who didn't. Did you see that clip I sent you? I forgot to ask you to watch it. It's on the Hill. This Democrat strategist. Oh yeah, who yeah has yeah, the yeah, worst yeah. take. I'll play the yeah, clip she, right she, now. She... Look, I think when you're talking about the Holocaust, it's such a nuanced discussion that, like, stay away from it. Like, let historians talk about the Holocaust. Let people who are experts talk about it in, like, a nuanced conversation. Whoopi Goldberg is probably not the person to be getting into a nuanced conversation about what the Nazis were thinking uh, during the 1940s. Yeah, I'm sure that she's not alone in her confused understanding of the Holocaust. I would just like to say, however, that the Holocaust was not a nuanced situation. You had Nazis who hated Jews and wanted to exterminate them and tried their hardest to do that. I, I don't think re-education for Whoopi Goldberg is the answer. I don't think we need to send her packing off to get a better understanding of the Holocaust. She's an older woman. She's had plenty of time to get her understanding. And this is where she's landed in terms of having her kicked off the view for two weeks. What is this? Some kind of like cancellation light? It's absurd. She's going to come back with the same views that she has now. And if she has audiences and people want to watch her show, then, you know, I guess we should just let them. But yeah, the Holocaust is not nuanced. You know, it's a classic Jew killing scenario. Just to be clear, I didn't say the Holocaust was nuanced. I said conversations around the Holocaust. Oh, are new. yeah, I would I would disagree with you on that one, too. I, mean, I don't think there's a lot of nuance in you know, well, uh, a brutal maybe we could say that the development of the constructions of ethnicity and race over history are nuanced <laughs> in the way that they intersect with each right. other. He's, yeah. Let me just play the clip. Okay, I played the clip. Uh, so he's like, he's like, no, you shouldn't talk about it because a nuanced conversation. And then that girl was ready yeah. to jump I on his throat. I love that girl. Yeah. He's the only guy who's had a bad take. I agree. <laughs> this, I, I mean, even he had this, to backtrack that. No, I even didn't that was Holocaust good. is. A, he was like, I didn't mean Holocaust. Is a, I meant conversations <laughs> around Holocaust. I love. He's like that too. The girl was just either. like. Uh, I would like to clarify, <laughs> Holocaust wasn't a nuanced situation. It was pretty, pretty clear cut what was going on. Only a Democrat strategist, whatever that even means. Uh, That's yeah, the title they gave. It's the, <laughs> it means you're the person. biggest loser in history. That's yeah. what it is. Only like, person yeah. with a bad take. Maybe they'll add us two to that list. But <laughs> based on what I've seen, he's the only guy who had a bad take. But, but I, I want to yeah, touch on your stubbornness of nice. old people, though. On perhaps some old people, because it just reminded me of this conversation that I had with someone like 10 years ago, this person older. So it's very common that you hear when they say that, okay, if your puppy is, if your dog is sick and they're like, they usually go eat grass and they're like, oh, that's good because oh, yes, it I makes them you. puke. So then this one vet told me once, she was like, yeah, they, they say that, but you know, it's not necessarily that good because sure, maybe at first they puke, but you have to be careful they don't eat more grass because then they'll just puke grass, right? So that was her thing. And I was trying to tell this older guy, I was like, you know, this vet was actually telling me, like, no, 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 impossible. No, no, no. It's really good for them and stuff. And this person was so stubborn. And I was like, I mean, you think I care? Like, sure. I'm just saying what this vet told me, you know, maybe she knows more. 
But his stubbornness, Whoopi Goldberg's stubbornness on this issue during that time, at least, and during the Colbert show, just remind me of that. So, yeah, I mean, maybe there are, maybe uh, once you're old that. at some I point, mean, even, you just refuse. Old. I think, I mean, of course, I'm talking, you know, generally and in a funny yeah, no, way. Yeah, same, me too. Please. But, but, but I would say I genuinely believe after 30, 35, it is almost impossible for people to change and i kind of get it as i'm getting older i get it you just get tired of trying to balance your views and Mm -hmm. you just want to get okay now i know this and Mm -hmm. i'm comfortable with this it's Mm -hmm. hard to be always questioning your own uh, motivation and your own beliefs but yeah i find that especially older people of a certain generation i don't want to say the word that (laughs) upsets you but they have a tendency to be extremely uh, also yeah you they but young so people can hardcore. also be stubborn. I yeah. mean, maybe oh, I want to take some of it one of them. back. I'm kind of regretting saying this a bit, but yeah, it's just because yeah, it I, reminded I me so remember. much of this older person who refused to take such a simple I, thing I, that I was trying to tell him. And I just remembered we're going to talk about a very young person that is, oh, true. I mean, uh, that uh, really exemplifies everything you just yeah. said. But. <laughs> So I think we are we are backtracking from our ages take. Yeah. But I but I do continue to emphasize that I do think Whoopi should not be commenting on any social issues based on her At this you know, point, information level. But you know, a few weeks ago, actually, I have one or two more points to get back. A few weeks ago, I told you, you know, we're talking about famous people just being surrounded by yes men, and I was like, maybe if you're surrounded too much by yes men, then you'll be so detached. Maybe that's her issue. Maybe how (laughs) yes men do they have to be? Holocaust wasn't a bad race. Yes sir. Yes sir. I mean, come on. They could have just ignored it. You know, she could have possibly been going around and making this point for a long time. And then suddenly she made it in the wrong place. So, I don't know, man. Like four, there were five people who uh, probably hang out with her regularly and they were all shocked. And <laughs> I, I still, it was so, I mean, again, I don't say she should be canceled. She shouldn't yeah, act or anything, but it doesn't seem that <laughs> her job fits her expertise, do they? Yeah. I, I don't get it. Yeah. I really, it was and so stupid. It was let's just talk so about stupid. the cancellation. And, I mean, she didn't cancel the suspension. A, it's of course whitewashing on whoever the network side it is. It's just you know, let's forget oh, yeah. about it's this just issue. Getting her hands anyway, clean. Uh, yeah. I think they're doing her a little bit of a favor too, <laughs> because A, it's only two nice. weeks. No, not only that, they're doing a favor as in like if she's not understanding the thing, you know, she might oh, come on and keep too. on make the same point <laughs> one or two more times. And this time, really, you know, start digging a big hole for yourself. Because as you said, everybody's so nice. Everybody kind of, they're like, we get what you're saying, but you know. <laughs> Maybe just... you need to read the yeah. book. <laughs> Have you, there is a, you know, movie called Schindler's List. You might want to check it out. Your ex-boyfriend made it. So, uh, you know, he, she used to date uh, Spielberg. Oh, really? I think so. Yeah. Oh, and... I'm pretty sure. What is it? I'm now I'm blanking now I'm not sure but I think she used to yeah and you know yeah like that's the thing and you call you her real name isn't Goldberg yeah I, I mean they, they her I don't get it like how can you date a Steven Spielberg and like no nah, man Holocaust doesn't matter <laughs> again I, I still don't yeah. think she had any intentions but I do think we should have some standards of educational yeah. level 
I mean, uh, in, information level before you have you comment on uh, uh, comment on uh, you know historical yeah. matters or whatever. And coupled that with her stubbornness, that is really what that was know, the crazy because if part. she wasn't that stubborn or if she wasn't that famous or something, she would have been like, um, yeah, true. Sorry, whatever, I meant kind yeah. of this, and like you would, even if she still hadn't understood, so, she would I have just tried to I mean, oh, hold on i have I my favorite clip believe. though let's not forget about my favorite clip yeah that's what i was that i even you told me about that i could not believe that i could not believe that so go yeah introduce. so i mean this is a clip from a few uh, from not a few years ago maybe like six months or a year before joe biden became president and jill biden has a doctorate in the sense of phd in education but whoopi goldberg somehow got read that she's a doctor so let's just watch the clip for a second i'm hoping yeah. dr jill becomes a surgeon general his wife <laughs> yeah, joe, biden. joe biden's wife because she's you know she he would be. never do it but she it's, yeah she's a hell of a doctor she's an amazing doctor i thought she was a doctor like, in phd yeah. yeah i don't i don't, I, don't oh, I could be wrong I, I, yeah, I think she's, she's oh. a teacher but you know might, might be good for Betsy DeVos's post. <laughs> yes. Okay. Now that I watch the clip, what amazes me the most about this clip is the lie that, because since Jill yeah. Stein is not actually a doctor, there How is no way that she could know. <laughs> she It sounds like Amazing Jill doctor. Stein operated on like her cousin's knee. And, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, the cousin, exactly. That's the vibe yeah. I get. You know, it's like, someone's like, no, he's such a good doctor. He's My uncle went and bed. saw him, you yeah. know. Nobody it's thought like he manners. could fix his, yeah, his back <laughs> or knee, but no, look at him. <laughs> but that one, she backed up. That's what I'm saying. Maybe that one, she couldn't argue back when people said, no, she's a, yeah. <laughs> she's an educator. It was so good. It was so good. I couldn't believe it. She was amazing doctor. Fantastic. My father <laughs> had a heart problem. She I don't know. Like, but Sam, well, maybe she genuinely, maybe she knew, knows more than us. Maybe uh, Whoopi Goldberg is spending her nights reading about the education system. I've read her thesis. Fantastic <laughs> about education. Really good doctor. Really yeah. good doctor of education. Maybe that's what she oh meant. Oh my god. Oh my. But, god. I, I don't understand. How can you make comment like that and mm -hmm. still not get? Like that's the thing. How she she is still allowed to go on comment on politics? But I think once again we can be understanding towards her, which I get where this confusion comes from. Although it doesn't excuse her like additional lies, right? So she could have been like, "Oh, I thought she was a medical doctor," but not her additional. Oh, she's such a terrific or amazing doctor. My is... my uncle's heart is fixed <laughs> because of her. <laughs> what are you talking? She's <laughs> But we've talked about this before. How it is confusing and misleading in general society for people who have phds to go call themselves yes, a doctor I because she's not it. the only person who's confused like this and it doesn't mean that a medical doctor is smarter than someone wants to have phd i'm looking forward to have a phd one day they just have nothing to do with one another yeah, they're a... different areas and fields and i think yeah. we should just reserve the word doctor for medical doctors and make life if, easier i mean I, or or bring back physician. I am up yeah. for bringing back physician. Physician's just a good one just refer to the to doctors that are medical yeah. as physician. But I would say it's really funny you mentioned that there was a there's this audio uh, drama from BBC. I love. Uh, I forget the name. Flight, whatever. It's about a 
this very small private airline company. It's got Benedict Cumberbatch before he became famous. Roger Alam. Roger Alam is one of my favorite actors of all time. Uh, best voice out there in the whole world. But they have a whole episode about the fact that they're an airline and somebody has a heart problem and they keep oh. like trying to shame them into, yes, if anyone is a doctor and might want to help out, we wouldn't mind somebody. And then at the end, the guy just walks into the, uh, he comes to the, the pilot and stuff. He says, I'm a doctor in engineering, in urban engineering. You absolutely. <laughs> so it's a big confusion, I think. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nisimi, so once again we can understand where Whoopi is coming from although <laughs> in the se- in the recent case doesn't excuse the stubbornness and in the no, second does. case it and doesn't it's excuse man. the additional I mean, lies yeah. how, and, like, oh, how? I can't, I'm glad I remembered this because then Whoopi's other excuse is like I'm just thinking of how we would explain this to people and kids and you know how this is I'm like others details, don't seem to be this, to this problem people have been learning about the holocaust for a while oh my god it was too good it was too good yeah. and I still do think she's again I love her as an actor and all that I think she was very funny and good but I do think there needs to be a reconfiguration of based on what like his standards do we allow people to comment on politics that's all yeah, I mean, or at least just, you know, don't be so stubborn. Just be a bit more humble. Yeah, that too. I mean, as a, as a certified and known uh, arrogant dick, <laughs> I don't know if I can say that, but I hope, uh, yeah, I'll try to be better. <laughs> Anything else you want to mention here with uh, Whoopi? No, not really. I think we are pretty much done. God damn it. No, this can't be the end of this. Whoopi, please. Whoopi, <laughs> please, yeah, please. I, please. I love on. to know your views on the Armenian genocide. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the Armenian genocide. Just go. Just talk. 